Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Planet Film Network. I am one of your hosts, Sean Monk. I'm your other host, TJ Cornwell, and uh, today, or tonight, uh, we're going to be giving you our review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which just came out uh, last week on Thursday. Absolutely. So we are going to be giving some non-spoiler thoughts up at the top. TJ has an idea of how I thought of it. I have no idea how TJ thought of it. I have not looked at his letterbox account. I have not asked him for his star rating or anything like that. But again, he doesn't really know. We haven't talked specifics, but I did tell him my overall feelings mm-hmm. on it uh, when I came out, which uh, we'll get into uh, shortly here. But I guess we'll just start off right now with Ant-Man number three. This is Scott Lang's, I believe, seventh appearance in the MCU, which is insanity. But uh, he's cu- cut from that Doctor Strange cloth of they try to get him on screen every single year since he was mm-hmm. introduced. Uh, TJ, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum <coughs> Or do you want Ant-Man me to and the Wasp. Uh, you, you go first. You go first. All right. It's luckily, I'm editing this. So, uh, all right. Okay. So, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania for me, I thought it was a blast. I know a lot of people online, there's a lot of mixed feelings, mixed, uh, mixed uh, consensus, or I guess lack of consensus online about this movie. Basically, everything ranging from genuine criticisms, criticisms of the movie that I can see and I, I can not mm-hmm. necessarily agree with them but I can see where they're coming from to just flat out, you know, there's going to be those people out there just MCU, you know, MCU bashing in general who've been doing it forever. Yeah. Or the, there, this movie in particular feels a lot like just, man, everything post end game is just blah. And I, I mm. don't know. I just do. I just did not see that with this movie. I know a lot of people, I know I'm kind of giving counterpoints to my point rather than my point, but I know a lot of people saying like how chaotic they felt this movie was and how just all over the place they thought it was. I thought it was easily uh, the least chaotic three-act movie structure of the MCU in a while. You know, I I think that uh, I've said before that Black Panther Wakanda Forever for me was, you know, a good movie, but I think I liked this movie more than I liked that movie. And then in terms of Love and Thunder, not even comparable uh, and then I would say Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness for me would be on more even footing, but I still think I like this one a little bit more. I have seen it twice now. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with where it falls for me in the Phase 4, Phase 5 post-Endgame argument. But yeah, I guess we'll dive into some of our deeper thoughts in a little bit here. But uh, TJ, just overall... What did you think of this movie in general, and how does it kind of stack up to some of the stuff we've been seeing lately from Marvel for you? Can you hear me? Or no? No, you can't hear me. No, fucking no. Hold on. Uh, Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Rich, real quick. Which wavelength thing do you have yours on? Do you have it on stream? Monitor. On Discord? Monitor? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that's weird then. Because I just had it on monitor, and you couldn't hear me. Can you hear this? You can hear me? No? Yes? No, you can't hear me. Okay. All right, can can you talk real quick? Yeah. Hello. hello yes. Hello. Okay. I got I got to switch to uh hold on. Okay. I got to switch to just mic in because for some reason it's coming through as you're coming through my Discord, I think. Oh, okay. I don't know why, but all right, where's mic in? All right. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, and you're not coming through. Okay. So, hopefully that I don't know. I hopefully that's not an issue, but it might be. When you're editing it, you might hear yourself twice. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. You want me to go? Yeah. Yeah. Where right. are you? What are your kind of just overall thoughts on yeah. Ant Man three, and also kind of where it slides in for you in this kind of post End Game MCU? Yeah. And the Wasp Quantum Mania. Uh, I thought at the end of it, I thought to me it was kind of a middle of the pack uh, MCU movie. I didn't think it was bad. Like I said in my, uh, TikTok review, I don't Mm -hmm. think it's as bad as people are saying. Like, I feel like people have it like bottom three, like Marvel. That's not, I don't think that's true at all, but I also wouldn't put it in top tier. Like I wouldn't put it with the winter soldiers and the infinity wars, Mm -hmm. but I also, again, wouldn't put it with the black widows or the dark worlds. You know, I think just kind of in that little spot where it's like, you know, like, Oh, okay. That was, that was fine. I, I didn't, I didn't laugh all that much, to be honest. Some of the humor got me. 
mm-hmm. uh, specifically just kind of that Baskin Robbins stuff I thought was really funny for yeah. some reason. It really worked for me in that way. Yeah. I probably could have watched a whole movie about one. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, Kang's the Kang's a standout. Obviously, you go to this movie to see Jonathan Majors in this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very. The word that came to me when I was watching it was he. He's very stoic, and that might be like just a weird word to use, but no, yeah, I, get I just that. feel like he has so much like. You want to listen to him speak, and when he talks, you're you're very engaged in what he's saying, and uh, you know he and obviously Jonathan Majors is a really good actor, and I thought he nailed uh, hits out of the park. But, you know, everybody else was in it uh, really good. Evangeline Lilly, you know, kind of she was kind of sidetracked, it seemed, yeah. which was very, very odd. Mm-hmm. Real quick, one thing I did say or one thing that I was thinking, uh, I know everybody was like, well, why is it called Ant-Man the Wasp? If the oh, wasp here we go. Even Are we like... going to have the same thing? I was going like to say, well, like... wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer at one point the Wasp? There you so go. Then That's technically, what I, I literally you know, wrote that. The wasp. <laughs> I will say that 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 consensus has come out on uh on twitter uh or just in the movie sphere but these are the partial of the notes that i took when i was watching it that was terribly in frame but i literally (laughs) wrote ant-man and the wasp and i wrote ant-man parentheses scott wasp parentheses janet three and then that's what i that's what i titled my notes yeah yeah just to hop on that quick sidetrack which uh we i'm sure we can talk about later but i definitely want to circle back to that of the fact that really, if you look at this movie, it is Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's really Scott, Janet, and and Kang's movie, which is it's mm-hmm. great. I don't see how that is a... I see the... Like I said, sorry, I won't, but just we'll table that for later. The whole Janet versus Hope uh, presence in the story, I think we can talk about mm-hmm. it a little bit. Yeah, I thought everybody was, you know, good in it. I didn't I'm with a lot of people where I didn't really see how Catherine Newton added to the character of Cassie in any way. You probably should could have mm-hmm. just left the previous actress in the role. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was a fine movie. I liked the post-credit scenes and and this isn't a spoiler obviously cuz he was in the trailer, but for me Modoc just didn't work. Really? Until the very end. Until the end. Okay, yeah. Like those That's last fair. few quips back and forth that worked for me. Mhm. But everything else didn't work. But yeah, overall, I thought it was you know middle of the pack movie, and I was I'm excited to see what Kang is like, what more they're gonna give us because yeah, like he's how very deep compelling. is this well gonna kind of go? Yeah, which uh, I think is a great segue uh, for us into the spoiler section here. But before we go, for those who haven't seen Ant Man yet, which you know could be some of you out there, uh, what are you thinking for out of five? Uh, I gave it three out of five. Three out of five. I think I actually can't remember what I gave it on Letterbox. I think it was a four, and I think I'm going to stick with that. I think after two viewings, uh, four out of five for me seems four, pretty solid, yep. and that's that's to me, you know, that's that's on my personal like MCU scale, right? So mm-hmm. I also gave you know something like the uh, I don't know I I don't know if this is, but just throwing a random thing out there, like something like The Irishman or like The Departed or something that like a movie mm-hmm. I really really love. You know, I could also give, like, something super prestige like that a four. Just for me, usually when I'm going on Letterboxd to rate things, I, I subdivide, you know, genre or franchise or something. So it's like a solid MCU four out of five for me. I really enjoyed it. a lot. Almost actually everything with MODOK, uh, like, worked perfectly for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we will talk about it because I do see valid criticism with that, of course. But, <clears throat> guys, that will do it for our non-spoiler section of this we will clip this out as its own separate video up on the channel, uh, followed by our full spoiler discussion on the channel. So if you are just joining us for the non-spoiler section, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you go ahead and like, comment, subscribe down below. And then go see Ant-Man, of course. It's only two hours. Pretty quick. Come back, watch our spoiler discussion, comment your thoughts below and all that, and we will be right back with you in that video. All right. Perfect. All right. So... We are hopping into full spoiler discussion territory, so anything and everything in the movie is completely fair game here. We just talked a little bit about how we felt about the movie overall, and more important, or not more importantly, but hang on, I gotta take a breath. All right, everybody, so we are hopping into the full spoiler discussion, spoiler section of our review here. Not sure how long this is going to go, but basically everything and everything is up on the table for discussion from this movie. Uh, But guys, we're going to give all of our thoughts on all this stuff, but what is your thoughts on everything? Let us know that down below in the comments. Uh, So do you want to start with MODOK or where where do you want to go with this? We'll go in whatever direction you want to. 
just you know how some i i do actually also want to talk about the trailers for this movie uh-huh. uh but we can talk that's just one of the things i want to bring up so i'll, right. I'll throw it to you whatever you want to start with yeah let's start with uh, let's start with modok because i'm interested to hear your your take the coming from somebody that really liked what they did with the character yeah i so obviously i have read comics i think it's common knowledge on the channel more you know you are not as versed in comics as i am not yeah. saying that i am a comics expert at all unless, Modok, unless we're talking invincible which i just finished but that is dude. true you finished all yeah. three yep i felt your pain the other day because uh on christian harloff's channel uh which you can go check out his channel he was talking about it because he used to work for the company he was like you know uh, you know my my friend was like or i finally watched the show and i was loving it and i was like i should pick up those books and i look over on the shelf behind me i had all three of them and i'm like he had all you were looking all that time and he just had all three of them didn't even know they were there anyways uh modok is a comics area that i am just not as well versed in um i have Mm -hmm. not watched the uh you know new rock new rock stars breakdown of modok but obviously i've played the avengers game as have you i have you know base knowledge of modok in other things the Patton oswald hulu series obviously so i'm familiar with modok in a lot of different forms i just have not read the comics in particular on modok so take that with a grain of salt if you will but i really really loved what peyton reed and Corey stole did in this again i know there's criticism out there that says that's just the overall look didn't work the the humor with him didn't work mm-hmm. the actual you know buying into what just basically just what modok is didn't work for some people and I totally see that. I, I totally see that and can get where people are coming from. But for me, like I said, I think Corey Stoll really knocked it out of the park, especially with some of his line delivery. Like the, you know, when when Cassie has that moment, which I'm sure we'll talk about, that a lot of people have been back and forth about the whole don't be a dick thing. And I, I just love yeah. Corey Stoll, just the way that he delivers the like, but I don't know what I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. What should I be? Like, it, like he's because he's just... This almost like, you know, childlike asshole, which, again, doesn't really fully match up with the with the Darren Cross that we met in the first Ant-Man. Not right. really. But, you know, a lot's happened. The guy got turned into a giant head with little tiny arms and legs. Like, you know, a lot can happen to a person's psyche to change them. But, yeah, I just it's really just one of those simple things of I'm sure you'll have more to say about it not working for you than it working for me just because in almost every scene i think it worked i loved the whole you know initial speech to all these different people of like the destiny you've been running from all your life is finally here and then darren like (laughs) like i loved the whole like it goes into the full like montage flashback trope and then it just breaks you out of that and they do that like i think twice at least twice maybe three times in the movie it works for me every single time. Like, especially then again, you get kind of the equal moment where, like, he's kind of looking to have his, like, Joker moment. And then he tries to have it again with Hank when he's like, oh, I bet you never thought you'd see me again. And then Hank just pulls mm-hmm. the same thing. But how did you kind of feel about uh, about Modoc, his role in the movie and, and kind of the overall look and tone and just being in yeah. this movie in general, I guess. Yeah, I thought the idea of what they did with him was good. I thought what they were trying to do and what worked for, you know, a lot of people was a good idea. Mm. Uh, just kind of making him like kind of a comic relief villain. Yeah. Uh, which I guess, again, I'm not versed in him as, at all in the comics except for, you know, the Avengers game. And that's about it. I always thought he looked like goofy i always thought it was kind of an, an odd character but oh, and something that i remembered definitely mm-hmm. a character i remember just from his appearance but just like the the it just didn't really land for me none of those comedic beats like i said except for the end uh not including the dick i thought that was the worst part of it that that just really? that whole that whole exchange just felt very clunky to me and like i i looked at danielle i was like somebody wrote that <laughs> a piece of paper it's a yep. There we go. And I just I don't know. It just didn't it didn't work for me. See for uh, me but, that that line like what you just yeah. said. I've seen so many people say what you just said. That to me is is one of the things of this movie that I just feel like I just watched something completely different. And and right, I will yeah. say I watched it. I wa- <laughs> the first time I watched it was completely well. Actually, I digress. I'm not going to talk about that because I watched it after hours at work. Oh, um, yeah, right. but I'll make, I'll make sure I edit that out. 
well, I'll say for you though, the first time I watched it, I was completely alone in the theater, so maybe that had mm-hmm. an impact on it. Uh, but yeah, the first time I watched the movie, I was sitting there and I was like, I was genuinely like, just fully bought into that moment, like just with like I had mm. no. I had no, like, oh, my God, like, somebody really wrote that, like, type of thing. I, I just really liked it. I don't know. I, I, I And I, I don't know. But continue. I know. Well, let's talk about the moment that you've been talking about, the the Avengers moment at the end. kind of. Yeah, yeah. Know, so his, his so the only time that whole thing, that whole comedic beat and everything worked for me was at the end when, you know, he's talking to everybody and they're all, like, even, the you know, the people that haven't seen him, are like, oh, my God, what happened to you? And and he's like, I'm going to. I'm going to die an Avenger and everybody's like, yep. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, sure, you are. Buddy. You did that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that that worked for me just from everybody's like, kind of uh, like, what do we say to this guy? And yeah, you know, he's, he's like last dying breath and he's like, like half choking on his yeah. like, <laughs> it's like vomit or whatever. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's like, uh, yeah, you did it. Uh huh. Yeah. I love Scott's I, uh, that, line. That did work for me. <laughs> he just goes, he just goes, a lot's happened today. and and i love too that like hope i guess maybe we could transition from monarch into hope uh here yeah that that was the first time she'd seen him the entire movie (laughs) was when Mm, he was dying right just goes hope you changed your hair and she's like oh (laughs) thank you oh yeah (laughs) oh my god Um, but yeah yeah, so yeah what did you think of hope in this movie what were you shocked when you were like when you when you know the movie was going and you're like oh she's really you know, she's kind of sidelined in this one. I'm not shocked in... I wasn't shocked in, in terms of just the overall kind of sentiment around the movie and, you know, kind of her presence in the trailers and everything. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really expecting uh, this huge... Uh, basically, the only way that I could expect it is if there was, like, a huge wasp plot of the movie that just was completely absent from the marketing for a particular reason like so that i was kind of waiting for i was like okay is there like a a secret up their sleeve with like some big thing that hope has that they're just not putting in any of the trailers i i would say about less than halfway through the movie i was like okay no uh that's not what's happening (laughs) like basically Mm. her only big moments are in the trailer and I guess we can, you know, lightly touch on too the whole thing with the trailer. I just think they gave away so much with the, with the different shots of of Hank and Janet walking mm. together when you know they are separated at a certain point of the movie. A lot of like it's a lot of, it's that Empire Strikes Back thing, right? This is the kind of Empire Strikes Back movie of where you split up the main team, um, mm. you know, where you get the kind of. Uh, the Pims all together, or the Van Dynes all together, and then you get Scott and Cassie, and then kind of everybody that they end up teaming up with together, but separate. The movie and is very Star Wars, FYI. A hundred percent, yeah. That's yeah. that's the overall thing too. Of another reason I just liked it was I just liked that it was just this, you know, sci-fi, almost more just straight up sci-fi than sci-fi fantasy, because it really is truly science fiction, like just so much like i saw i saw this one tweet and i know i I spent a lot of time on twitter unfortunately i know like every other sentence i have is i saw this one tweet uh but that's some of the great parts of twitter is that you can see all these different tweets that spark these ideas of conversation and discussion about movies saying they were like as soon as i saw the buildings that were alive i knew Mm -hmm. exactly what this movie was going to be and that's exactly how i felt as soon as they said drink did the whole drink the ooze my mind yeah. immediately, the first two movies that my brain went to, and I'm almost 100% sure you've seen one of them, not sure about the other one, is Galaxy Quest and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Both of I haven't my- seen either. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I thought, I thought we had talked about a long time ago on the show Galaxy Quest, but, but specifically, if you've watched either of those, you know what I'm talking about with the trans translation uh kind of mechanism in this being like the ooze or like the drink that they get at the bar and then uh even in the mcu we've seen something like that before where the the guardians say that they are implanted with universal translators but this was just a a lot more of a sci-fi twist on it it really really made me think of the the kind of earworms uh in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where it's a literal Mm -hmm. worm that goes into your ear and translates everything as soon as i saw that i was and then of course there's a big uh you know 
there's this there's this whole thing of all these aliens are chanting this thing and they don't know what the hell they're talking about in Galaxy Quest and then they get it translated and it switches over the audio just like it did in this movie. And so as soon as that happened, my brain was like, okay, this is just going to be a fun sci-fi hitchhiker's guide Star Wars, you know, pulpy adventure thing with Kang in there being a, you know, dangerous, devious threat to everybody. But circle it back to hope. I really just, she was just kind of there. I mean, that was the weakest part of the movie to me was was probably hope in general. Because, I don't know, it, it did it seem like to you, did it seem like she wanted to be there? Like, she just uh, didn't feel in character in every scene to me. Like, the way that she has in the past, you know, three movies that we've seen her in. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to me, just thinking back at the movie and... I'll be interested to see because I do want to watch it again. I'm not going to yeah. go to a theater and watch it. I'll probably wait for Disney Plus. But mm-hmm. uh, just thinking right now, it's like I don't really remember her much like just in the movie at all except for that last you know scene where she comes back. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm just kind of like I think most of her role in this movie was pretty forgettable. Yeah, it's a lot it was of either like just. You know, her doing Mom, her like blaster thing, or like, or her just like arguing with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and just yeah. like being like, "Oh, why didn't you tell us this?" You know, yeah. or stuff like that. And that's that's all I'm, I can I can really remember. That's pretty um, much all it is. Yeah, which does suck because again, it is again, it's called Ant Man the Wasp, so you'd expect the Wasp to yeah. be in it. And I think you know we both have this this idea that you know, oh, the Wasp is actually Michelle Pfeiffer's character, mm-hmm. uh, who was the Wasp at one point. She wears the suit. But I think so movie. far for the so far for that character in the MCU, they haven't really like gained a good footing. Yes, for me, per, like like in the last movie, I didn't really like I don't like that movie either. And then I think she's just kind of showed up in various like, you know, she was in Endgame for the big battle, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if she's in anything else. No, it's just the other two Ant Man movies, yeah. yeah. But like I compare <clears throat> her to like Rhodey. Right, I, yeah. I feel like that would be maybe the closest comparison, right. uh, unless I'm like, well, then also even like something like Loki, but I feel like that's almost a special circumstance with mm-hmm. that dynamic. But so like think Rhodey, right? So it had a right. bit of a stumbling block with a recast, but now, I mean Don Cheadle, I'm excited for him to be a co lead of Secret Invasion, and to have his own movie coming out as Rhodey. Mm-hmm. He's been in like ten movies, way more than the Wasp has. But even I, I'll set Rhodey all the way back to like Civil War. Like after Civil War, I think Rhodey could have led his own movie. Uh, maybe even after Age of Ultron, I think that Rhodey could have led his own movie. But really after Civil mm. War, Hope, I, I just feel like even if she were to, and I know last time we were live, which was two weeks ago at this point, we did that giant uh, Kang Dynasty Avengers kind of uh, bracket thing. And I really just can't even see her being on the Avengers team. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I I just don't see, like you said, they haven't really gained a footing with the character. And in terms of her as a superhero, uh, I just kind of like, like you said, okay, she can fly and shrink and she has hand blasters. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? And and granted, you could say, well, Ant-Man only has this and that. Yeah, but it's the writing and the characterization and everything that makes Scott Lang such an integral person that now we couldn't picture an Avengers movie without Scott Lang, you know, as long as he would be alive. I I think it it just comes down to that. It just feels like either she didn't want to be there or she had a reduced role for whatever reason, although I know she's been coming out, she's been very public lately about reflecting on the stuff that she said and about how, you know, Marvel and Kevin Feige's thing is kind of like that is the kind of James Gunn approach that we've seen recently with Zachary Levi. That's your business. As long as you aren't hurting anybody, you know, we are not in the business mm-hmm. of, you know, getting rid of people for their political views, yada, right. yada, yada. Whether you want to think that that uh, went into it at all or not, I do think that it's it's a fairly jarring, probably for me, the like I said, the most jarring, my least favorite aspect of the movie is not Hope herself, because I, I still enjoy when she's on screen, but I'm just like, for me, at the beginning montage, right, where she's working at Pim Van Dyne Industries and she's Zuckerberging it up and, you know, <laughs> yeah. I almost would have been like, okay, and then and then that's what she's doing and she's just not right. going on this adventure. You know what I mean? I feel like you could almost literally take her out. And I feel like 
God, you're gonna talk me in. You're gonna talk me down to a three. Uh, no, <laughs> but I I feel like you can feel the studio notes of like, well, what's 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 Hope's big moment gonna be? What's what's mm-hmm. her big thing? What if she jumps out and saves Scott at the end? Let's do it. But it's not earned because she doesn't have the same stakes. If it had been, ironically, if it had been Janet that jumps out. You know, with, you know, it doesn't really make sense because she's not wearing her wasp outfit, whatever. Right, but, yeah. you know, if she jumped out, even with the guns that Michael Keaton had picked up from his, you know, people, and it was Janet that did that, and then maybe even sacrifices herself. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Either one of those two, uh, which we could talk about Michael Douglas next if you want, because I feel like, unlike Hope, he had a yeah. minor but very important role, especially when it came time to the, the end battle. But I thought that he was fantastic in this, too. But, yeah, it just nothing nothing felt important with Hope. And then also nothing felt earned with Hope, like, throughout the entire movie. Just very, very weird. Mm. Uh, instead of yeah. instead of going to Michael Douglas, I'd rather kind of... Oh, if you're watching this review and you've seen the movie already, Michael Douglas, obviously, it just does not have that big of a role uh, in this movie. His, yeah. his main kind of thing comes at the end with all the ants, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of that- a... This guy was Ant Man, right? I feel like and that I'm not gets gonna lost. lie. The entire movie, I was like, because it's been a long time since I've seen like an Ant Man movie, mm-hmm. uh, or actually, it probably hasn't been. That, but you know, I'm not remembering. But I was like, did this character always have an earpiece <laughs> or a, yeah. a hearing aid? And yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder. And for a split second, I was like, I wonder if Michael Douglas like is just having trouble hearing and he's wearing a hearing aid. But obviously, he needs That's it to talk hilarious. to the ants. Yeah. I did think that was kind of an easy way to say like, oh, well, they, you know, the trans they. They came through, and then they all just, like, they passed through this thing where they built yeah, all this stuff. Like, it really was fast. a very, then... like, what's what's the plan? <laughs> the deus ex machina. It's, like, the very opening scene. Well, once they once the montage and voiceover mm-hmm. is over. Like, the opening scene with them at the house, uh, you know, he's like, oh, these ants, they're super intelligent ants. They're more intelligent than anything we ever had. They built it all themselves. And then you see, like, as they all get sucked in, there is a three-second shot of those ants getting sucked in so that we know it. And then we see them again when Scott's tumbling through. And then we see them again shrink themselves down. And then we don't see them ever again until the very end. Mm -hmm. And Hank's just like, I've been getting... And they do, like, a flashback to, like, four minutes ago. Yeah. When he goes, when he goes, oh, ah, what yeah. is that? You know, like, that? like, yeah, I remember when that happened <laughs> yeah. earlier in the movie. It was like a half hour ago. Thanks for the flashback, though. But that being said, it was a little ham fisted. But I did genuinely like that moment because it does remind you this guy is also Ant-Man. You know, it's two mm. generations of this this hero, you know, duo. And I think that that was done really successful, way more successful, like you said, Super small part for Michael Douglas. Really, this is Scott and Janet's movie. But what he did get to do, I think he at least had that moment, unlike Hope, that was like, this is what he brings to a fight. This is what he can do that, you know, Scott could do if he really wanted to try, as we saw in the first movie. But the whole controlling ants isn't really Scott's thing. It's more Hank's thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah. Uh, What do you want to talk about next? Uh, I want to talk about... uh... Uh, Scott and Cassie's relationship and their characters in this movie, and then uh, we can go to Kang. I thought, you know, uh, Paul Rudd obviously great in this movie. I thought he's, you know, funny as funny as ever. Uh, mm-hmm. At some points, not every point again didn't hit me for me. I thought the the two montages were the best, the funniest parts for me. Uh, yeah, personally. like the, at the beginning, uh, of the, the end, whole, yeah, yeah, and then the Baskin Robbins thing when he's trying to shrink down to get the the orb. I thought that was really funny yeah. too. A lot less humor, like overall, though, like by right. design. Like it's a, yeah. it's a lot more serious of a movie than like <clears throat> Love and Thunder or even Multiverse of Madness. To be honest, Multiverse of Madness right. is a little more like dangerous, but right. takes itself less seriously than I think this movie did. And then uh, Catherine Newton, I thought was you know I just she was fine. I thought she did what she was supposed to, and that was kind of about it. Again, I don't really have a connection to Cassie Lang and either of the actresses that have played her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't really bother me that she was in this movie. But I don't think that she added anything more to the character. Uh, I don't know about how you feel. But, but yeah. But I did like that she kind of... It, show, it tells you who she is 
you know, she's grown up. She's kind of, you know, she's trying to make the world a better place. She's at these kind of protests. She's getting arrested mm. for being at the protests. I thought the, and this is something that I heard somebody bring up, which I thought was interesting. Everybody's probably brought up before, but the fact that we kind of just established that she's like this really super smart girl that we didn't, we never really got any. There was nothing that yeah. made us think that earlier on. I like, actually hadn't really thought about that until you just said yeah. that. Like, Which she's like, oh, I built this thing to like, transmit to the quantum realm that like sends a signal back and like it's like okay it's just kind of when you i feel like it's just kind of like assumed and i'm not saying this is a positive thing i just i think Mm -hmm. it's just one of those you know like there's a lot of like in the mcu like okay bruce banner tony stark and really those two are super geniuses Mm -hmm. peter parker and scott lang are also geniuses when the writers need them to be you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those, th- I always felt like, cause then in civil war, you get the whole, like he builds, he builds his own suits, like Spider-Man I'm talking about, like mm-hmm. he builds his own suits. He builds, you know, he is, you know, figuring out the web fluid on his own, all this stuff. But then they kind of move away from Peter Parker being a genius. I feel like the mm-hmm. same thing with Scott. I just recently, I just yesterday watched the first Ant-Man again for the first time. I hadn't seen it in like a year. And in the first one, they really pushed their, like he has genius level intellect it's just what he's using it for you know type of thing so i feel like they just kind of was like yeah cassie's smart just like her dad is remember because her mm-hmm. dad's like a super he's super smart right and it's like right like yeah. and i i feel like that did not uh that did not play uh as well as i i think they they thought it would but in terms of the relationship like with cassie you know, I I feel really bad for what happened with Emma Furman. I mean, I think that's that's terrible the way that they, you know, that she found out when the rest of everybody found out. I I, I don't think we're ever really going to know the story behind that. But I mean, at the same time, it's like like you said, Emma Furman was in like five minutes of Endgame. Mm. Uh, you know, like the the I have way more emotional attachment to the little girl who played Cassie, who I saw a great like idea or theory i think on uh tiktok that was like what if at the start of this movie you like they announced that it's katherine newton or whatever you can't kind of can't work with endgame but either way the thing goes basically to give scott and cassie which i don't know if you want to transition this over to kang or whatever but when they're yeah. in the prison cells when they're in the prison cells and there's that scene there's first that actually like kind of tense scene where modok comes up and he's like you know you know tells cassie we only could do this because I got your signal. You know, I figured right. out what it was you guys, etc. But then Kang shows up and he just kind of like, you know, like tenses them up. You know, he kind of like throws Scott against the wall and then just kind of holds Cassie in the air. I saw somebody say, and maybe he doesn't have all of his time abilities and everything because his chair is still broken. But somebody was like, wouldn't that have been the great opportunity to for him to age up Cassie? And be mm. like, there you go. You're losing even more time until oh, you say shit, yes. Yeah. Like that would be oh, awesome that would if be they had, yeah. if they had done that. Like it would, it maybe could have even been a way to. I don't know how you do this without making it funny, but like making her go back maybe into the younger version who that girl yeah. is now. She's like 14, 15, so she's not that really that young. And then like putting her back and having that be the threat, rather than Kang, who's this you know time warrior just kind of use gene gray telekinesis to be like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like i i didn't find that super imposing but oh wow of, okay yeah i, I mean i I, I, yeah. I don't know let's let's <laughs> talk about kang because okay i found him incredibly imposing right. as a villain jonathan majors has this fantastic quote i mean you could listen to quotes of him talking about his approach to all yeah. the different kangs for hours but he has this one where he said i wanted this one in particular I, I wanted to speak like I was a, like I was a man who knew a hundred languages fluently. Like every mm. word that I was saying was the most weighted, thought out. Yeah. You know, th- in that exactly what you said, stoic comes across entirely. In that sense, I found him. Uh, what's big word? Foreboding, uh, like concerning. I was scared. Everything like that. But in terms of him, and the of him. I think where this movie does start to fall down for me, which again, I still really, really love this movie, but where it does start to fall down for me is like, you have this, the next Thanos, 
and he's just, you know, he's just kind of, like, pinning a guy up against a wall and being like, you better help me. And then, like, later on, he's like, you know, Cassie takes over his video call, his little video feed, and he's yeah. not just, like, immediately finding her and killing her. He's just right. like, what's going on? Where, what, blah? You know, it's a lot of the, like, Darth Vader in, in A New Hope of the what? Like, that that's what it kind of reminded me of. But that being said, yeah. I think that all comes down to the fact that this is an introductory Kang that we're getting. This is probably mm. not the Kang Dynasty Kang. Or if it is, a lot more is going to happen to him between now and then. It's an Ant-Man movie. Ant-Man's got to win at the end. Or, or at the right. very least, the villain has to lose at the end. It's just how these movies go. So for that reason, you know, I can kind of put it aside and enjoy it for what it is. But that's kind of where I felt on Kang. I thought Jonathan Majors, absolutely incredible, crushes the performance and everything. I just felt putting him as a stereotypical Marvel solo movie villain kind of hurt, hit, hurt it in my mind just by default. Just by the fact that he was a one movie villain. But uh, that's what I got on Kang for right now. Where are you at? Yeah, for that whole kind of scene when, you know, he's trying to get uh, Scott to help him and this whole thing. And I thought, I think what the most menacing thing is probably, again, supposed to be when he tells him, like, oh, I'll kill your daughter and then I'll just make you watch it over and over again until you beg me to kill you and then I'll kill you. Mm. Uh, So I think that's supposed to be that kind of, uh thanos level menace that you know i think you thought maybe was kind of lacking with the whole like oh i'm gonna force force you up against the wall and just like kind of you know move my fingers a little bit and you're just gonna cry out in pain and that still worked for me again i was Mm -hmm. just thinking like you know i have my mind in my mind like oh star wars force okay what yeah (laughs) you know but yeah i thought again jonathan majors i thought he knocked us out of the park uh and even like the the ending scene with him and Scott fighting, you know, just fist fight basically. Oh, and I know that some was people, incredible. I know, I know, yeah. And I know some people probably have like a, kind of had a problem with how it's like it kind of just comes down to this like fist fight. And meanwhile, yeah. you know, it's like Ant Man, you're overmatched. Like, and I think you know he yeah. says that at one point. I I really th- I thought Scott Scott would be a goner in that moment. I really thought that it's possible that Kang just might beat the beat him to death like and i thought that was that was really cool it's cool to see and uh you know what's funny is when i was watching it too when he like when scott just like gets really big and he starts just like walking over everything yeah i was kind of like why didn't he just you know he should have just done this like 10 minutes ago <laughs> yeah like why are we waiting till now i was like clearly nobody's gonna mess with him he's like you know 100 feet tall uh, but yeah, I thought again, you know, Jonathan Majors knocked out of the park. I'm excited to see what come what we get with Kang uh, in the future. Obviously, we got a little taste of that in the two post credit scenes, which I thought were awesome. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen to. Per, honestly, I thought Scott and uh, well, I can't never remember her name. Hope. Hope. Yeah, I thought they might be stuck there, but yeah, they kind of already he, they did that with Scott already, so it's kind of like yeah. Uh, let's let's kind of dive into that before i think we'll close out with the post credit scenes mm-hmm. uh, and and the end of them i do want to definitely touch on the whole end of the movie too so don't want to lose that in there but again i think they really really uh kind of gave away a lot in this movie of you know especially the fact of so much of the marketing again i'm going on this trailer thing again but so mm-hmm. much of the marketing you see all the scenes with scott's like bloodied up face and like beaten up face and I'm, you know, was looking at the time or just, you know, sensing the time. And I'm like, yeah. okay, we have 15 minutes left in this movie. So clearly something is going to happen here. You know, there was, there's another fight coming, uh, the fist-to-fist fight after all the ants. You know, after everything with MODOK, after Hank comes in. And then as I'm watching the movie, after half of them are already back into San Francisco. And then at the very end, a tiny, tiny moment that I did like was just we didn't have to see Kang stumble back up it was just as they were going through the portal scott kicks cassie through it mm-hmm. and you just know you're like he's doing that because obviously kang must be coming up like right now but then again i really love the movie but one of the things that was kind of iffy for me was i did kind of feel like everybody kind of got away a, li- a little too 
easy, a little too clean. That nobody mm-hmm. did get stuck. Janet didn't come. I think that it's a it would be a great character, uh, you know, capper uh, character end of end of journey to come back, you know, take out Kang. I've seen a ton of great theories on how this movie could have ended to be, in other people's opinion, better. But you know, just different different ways that this movie could have ended. One of the ones that I really liked was that you know Hank and Janet go back in. Like Janet goes back in takes out Kang to make up for what she did, but then she gets stuck. And somebody said, what if it's like Hank and Janet now just live in the quantum realm, like as its protectors. Mm. I was like, that would have been a fantastic uh, ending. But going into my favorite scene of the movie and this scene that I just could not stop talking about to everybody that I watched, I'm excited to talk to you about the ending montage and the ending voiceover to me was the first time in an MCU movie since Infinity War that I was like, "Oh shit, here we go!" Like, I, like when yeah. he starts going into the, you know, we beat him, we we beat him, right? Right. <laughs> I think we beat him. Yeah. But then he said that if we didn't let him out, that everyone would die. Is everyone gonna die? Like the dread. I felt that dread, like real dread. And that is something I have not felt in an MCU movie in a very, very long time. Uh, closest thing is probably the Loki post credit scene with him seeing the Kang statue. That's probably the the closest I've come since Infinity War and Endgame to feeling that much like, oh shit, something big is coming in the MCU and it's going to be Kang and, and you better look out. So for right. me, everything I just said about feeling like eh, everybody kind of got a little off too easy in this, I feel like they adding in that dread. And then again, when Scott's at the restaurant table saying to himself, yeah, and, you know, Kang's not coming back, right? Like, like all those things. I love that because then it shows you, okay, in this movie, they did get off easy, but he's mm-hmm. coming back. You know what I mean? Like, he is just going to keep coming back and back and back. The movie, for me, I'm not going to lie to you. If that wasn't in there, I think I would be talking completely differently about how I felt about this movie. And specifically, its place in the MCU, like how it's going to be building on things. I think I'd be a lot more down on the movie because I would be like, okay, they all got out perfectly safe and now we're just having a birthday party and everything's happy again and it's over. Yeah. Like that that would have taken me out of it completely. So the fact that they added that in of like they have this kind of false sense of security, well, really everybody but Scott, uh, which, by the way, Scott seems to kind of be the harbinger of death when it comes to <laughs> like MCU Avengers movies. Yeah. You know, he's he's the only one that knows about the quantum realm and now he's the only one that knows about Kang. So I'll be interested to know if he goes to the other Avengers or not, but that really worked for me and really kind of took that sour taste that was building in my mouth out because I think it made up for it in the end. And I'm like, okay, this is not as tight of a ribbon as the characters think that it is for themselves. Mm. They think they got off scot-free, no pun intended. But clearly, they have tapped into something and unleashed something that they have no idea how to put back in. And I think that's perfect segue to the first post credit scene, which is, of course, we get Amortis, the Scarlet Centurion, and Rama Tut, three mm. of the main Kang variants from the comics, who then lead us into the Council of Kangs and this just, inc- just uh, insane, unfathomable uh, <laughs> scene from a comic book yeah. page of the Council of Kangs and everybody showing up. But specifically in that, them saying they're beginning to touch the multiverse, they're beginning to touch time travel. How did you feel about that first post credit scene? Because again, this is to me, this was on the level of the, of almost on the level, I would say, of the uh, Thanos at the end of the first Avengers movie of just oh, the like, final oh, do it myself. No, not, that, not uh... that, not that, not that one yet. I don't uh, think they'll just like look yet. back to the camera. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The like hand on the throne and like standing yeah. up, like all right, it's time to get down to bit. But what did you think of the uh, this first post credit scene and the different <clears throat> looks at some of the Kangs? Yeah. Uh, well, not knowing that there was a, I knew there was obviously variations, um, mm-hmm. but not knowing that there was like kind of three, you know, main ones. And then I know there's also some other ones that are, you know, loosely or not loosely, but 
related to you know reed richards and that kind of whole thing and yeah. uh, but th- it was really cool to see i thought that whole kind of stadium shot was really cool with all these different kings a bunch of different crazy ones obviously yeah. you know i think i feel like they were probably like, told jonathan majors like hey you know you could do these three you know try to keep it maybe in the same you know in some sort of vain but all the other ones just do whatever you want and there's a bunch of just yeah. crazy people going all around i thought that was really cool yeah so i'm interested to see like what happens because obviously they're kind of you know they're they i don't think they expected uh anybody to beat the kang that they sent down there uh to the quantum realm mm-hmm. uh, so now you know maybe there's a little bit of doubt in their mind where it's like oh shit you know like if if that Kang can be beat. Like what's stopping them from, you know, coming after us once we get our plan in motion. But again, I'm excited to see how I'm just like thinking about like, think about maybe where we're going. I am excited to see how they attempt to connect all of this, you know, because we have like, for example, we have the Shang-Chi like radiating, you know, whatever that is in space. We're like, what is that? Uh, We don't know how Eternals is going to go, you know, Eternal, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Gemma Chan is like snatched up at the end of it and then they just kind of go away. It's like, are yeah. they going to, you know, are they going to show back up and have to do with Kang in some way or like Doctor Strange, like going off with. Uh, yeah. Going uh, into the incursion with Clea. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, is that going to, you know, which they talk, like I, Kang, Kang dropped incursions name bomb. Right. Uh, in this movie. Yeah. So this um, this this post credit scene just got my mind kind of moving in a bunch of different directions. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I think that's like I said, I think this movie left me on like I was I was really digging the movie and I was into the movie and I liked the movie and everything like that. And then, like I said, I started to sour a little bit. And then it was like a boom, boom, boom of like, Mm. you know, don't worry about it. We have a plan of where this is going, which is something that I think a lot of people, including myself, have been wary about. But like you Mm. said, I think it's really important that, you know, Phase one wasn't built in a day. They didn't. They didn't have five movies, and then uh, Avengers Endgame. You know what I mean? Like it, it took a long time to build all the groundwork that they need to build, and like like we've talked about to death uh, on the channel, and everybody has Kamala Khan's uh, bracelet, the bangle, uh, the ten rings, all of the mm. iconography of the Eternals. It's all the same as the Quantum Realm stuff. I mean, his ship looked like, and even says in this, he said, keep him away from the ring. Like, Mm -hmm. they look exactly like the Ten Rings. His time chair looks exactly like the Ten Rings. What, you know, clearly we now see this is going somewhere. And then also, obviously, everything with Loki, which we'll talk about in a second. Apparently, the TVA and Kang are going to be heavily involved in Deadpool 3. Clearly, they know where a lot of this is going. Whether it's going to hit for mainstream audiences, it seems like they are not hitting their uh, old average anymore with that. But maybe it'll start to come together more and more the more that the plan starts to represent itself or, or present itself. But last thing I want to touch on here, the very end credit scene of uh, another variant that we meet, Victor Timely. Clearly, this is in the either ni- early 1900s or late 1800s. And yeah, basically we get this scene where this guy is explaining to this group of regular folk uh, that not only is time travel possible with his new technology, but uh, we are not just capable of traveling time, but bending it to our will. And then who is sitting in the audience but a absolutely petrified looking Loki and a still doubting uh, new version of Mobius. I love that he was like... That guy doesn't look so bad. What's <laughs> yeah? It's like he seems really like funny. a good enough guy. But how did you feel about that one? Clearly, just gearing us up for Loki season two, which yeah. will be coming out probably this summer. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, have, we haven't seen Loki in a long time. It feels like forever. Uh, when did the season one Been come out? Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm after that post credit scene. I'm just more hyped for for season two. Uh, Kind of makes me want to go back and rewatch that season, season one. So yeah. Maybe I will do that. But yeah, I again, I don't know much about that version of Kang either. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how he plays in all this. I'm assuming he's probably going to be the main one in season two. You'd have to imagine. 
I would imagine, yeah. And then we also just got that article that dropped this morning that said that he's going to be in, I think, either three or four episodes. So he's going to be. Oh, okay. Kang, Kang, that is. So he's going to be yeah. in in Loki a lot more than he was in the first season, three times as much, if you will. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see kind of where it goes from here with, you know, what is his dynamic going to be with Sylvie? What is his dynamic mm-hmm. going to be with Loki, with Mobius? Is he going to be somebody that we see running the TVA? It's all very interesting. And then also the quantum realm world, like Kang's kind of empire, when you look, when you see it out of windows and stuff, it kind of looks like the TVA, this just giant br- sprawling long you know, things, so maybe there's already connections that we don't even know about yet. But guys, let us know, what did you think about Ant-Man? We've talked about a ton of stuff. we talked about all the characters. we talked about the post credit scenes, the ending, the opening, everything like that. Uh, oh, one thing I did want to get your thoughts on, though. Uh, what did you feel about the lack of some of the reg- Ant-Man regulars? So, oh. you got no... Uh, ex-wife no paxton no uh ex-con guys no Luis. did you feel their absence did you feel like it made sense for me at least real quick i thought it made sense and then peyton reed came out today and was like listen we knew very early on we want to get them in the quantum realm as soon as possible so having a lot of san francisco stuff just really didn't make sense for the movie which i think is totally right. fair uh but did no, you I feel agree. their absence again i I hate to say like that I forgot those characters existed, but thank you more yeah. on it. You know, like Michael Pena was a big comedic part of the past two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did kind of, you know, I missed him the more that I thought about it. Obviously, Davish, uh, David Deshmalchian was still in the movie as the, I think he's, he's the pink guy, right? Yeah, he's Veb. Yeah, which they turned him into Kirby, by the way. As soon as that happened, I was like, oh, that, that they turned that turned him into Kirby. When he gets the whole poke through him, and then he's, like, sucking everybody in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Cra- that was a crazy moment in the movie. <clears throat> but, yeah, I guess a little bit, but at the same time, I don't know, they tried to supplement them with the other people, with the other kind of yeah, characters in the quantum like realm the, that yeah. I don't think were as funny. Maybe the pink guy. You know, I thought he was, you know, he was as a yeah. character. Yeah. And then the um, kind of like Xena warrior princess type. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't really do it for me, but right. I, I actually saw a lot of people online saying that they really liked that character. Mm. Uh, I, for uh, some reason, felt when the uh, the heat lamp guy died. Yeah. I was sad when he died. Don't know Oh, why. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. I, I was just like, damn. But also, I did see something that was like, if you're trying to set up the next phase of your cinematic universe, maybe kill someone more important than the than the flashlight head guy and i'm like yeah (laughs) "Yeah, i get that but also it's it's like i I think they really went more for that like just leaving you of like the false sense of security than like oh it's ant-man 3 it's the first movie of phase 5 and three of them died you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i i think that's a a big thing but like we said guys did you miss Luis? did you miss everybody else uh in there let us know that in the comments down below again my name is Sean Monk. I have been one of your hosts. Thank you so much for joining us on this long Ant-Man spoiler uh, discussion and review. Let us know your comments down below and what you thought of every aspect of the movie. Are you looking forward to Loki Season 2? Where do you want to see Ant-Man next? What do we think is going to happen with Ant-Man next? And yeah, that will uh, do it for me. TJ, do you want to tell the lovely people where they can follow us elsewhere? Yeah, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at uh, PFN. Biofilm Network, I believe it is. Uh, yep. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Leave a comment below what you thought of the movie. Check out some of the other reviews on the channel. Check out all our TikToks as well. I put up my non-spoiler review on there. And we will see you next time.